Hello, Monetization Nation. On today's episode, I am joined by Justin and Alexis Black. They are authors, speakers, and serial entrepreneurs. Together, they've created a venture called The Scholarship Expert and another venture called The Rose Empowerment Group, which supports hundreds of young people. Now, their current venture is called Redefining Normal. They've published a book called Redefining Normal, and they hope to continue the conversation on healthy relationships and mental health and healing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Justin and Alexa. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on here. It's a blessing to be able to speak to you today. And uh, yeah, we just ready to talk about some exciting things and continue those conversations of uh, just everything that we you know, represent and all the companies that we, we started. So yeah. So your story is near and dear to my heart because your story goes through foster care. And I've worked a lot of my career with foster care and adoption and and you're my people. <laughs> I, That's I'm awesome. About your journey. Uh, can you start off by just sharing with us your story? Yeah, of course. So uh, we both, as we said already, are foster care alumni. And for myself, I entered the foster care system at nine years old, I believe largely due to a, a loads of mental health issues not being handled the proper way and just seeking out unhealthy resources for uh, those mental health issues as it relates to substance abuse, domestic violence, and other things. So with that being wrapped up, that was kind of my normal growing up as a child. And throughout my teenage years, bouncing home to home, I had to go through the process of unlearning and relearning and understanding from the outside looking in uh, as my childhood, you know, what was normal to me throughout my childhood for my family and so many others and what's normal to me now uh, how can I try to change that normal for myself and other people and the process of that, along with so many other journey or struggles going through the foster care journey, like I said, going home to home through my teenage years, and finally, finally having some t- sense of stability during my later teenage years, around 17 and 18, being in a group home and being able to have positive examples of Black men and women who are architects, engineers, and and just pastors and so many other people speaking life into me, helping me get to that next stage of college and ultimately helping me start businesses and be successful and ultimately who I am today. Mm-hmm. And I answered foster care at 13. Um, before that, my biological father was uh, very much abusive towards myself and my biological mother passed away by suicide. And so that caused me to go live with him. And then when I went into foster care, I went and lived with my aunt and uncle uh, who it was another abusive situation and I was in an abusive uh, relationship. So it was a lot of compounded trauma that I dealt with in my childhood, uh, dealing with a lot of anxiety, depression, PTSD, things like that. Um, just really having to kind of just struggle through it and get to kind of where we are today and through a lot of trial and error, seeking out mentors, seeking out positive examples and resources to, to support us in that unlearning and the healing process and getting to where we are today. Uh, and we actually met in college in the CETA Scholars Program, which is for foster youth and higher education at Western Michigan University. And we met on the first day of the program. I was a, I was a junior and he was an incoming freshman and um, just kind of hit it off then. Exactly. <laughs> I am so sorry for the challenges and the, the trauma that both of you have been through in your journey to this point. Um, and because of that trauma, you've been forced to kind of dig inside of you guys and find that strength. And and you have taken that trauma and used it to create something amazing. This, this redefining normal 
um, program and, and book. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. So the process of creating Redefining Normal and the entire book title is Redefining Normal, How to Foster Kids Beat the Odds and Discover Healing, Happiness, and Love. So a large part of our journey and who we are is related to the foster care system as we are foster care alumni. But really this idea of Redefining Normal can be uh, is relatable to any and everybody because so many people in their family culture and their identity uh, has grown accustomed to or, or identify certain things as normal. And a lot of times it's not, it's not healthy. You may not have had extreme trauma that we've had, but some component in some area of your life, your life has been accepted as normal. And we wanted to go through the process of challenging other people to redefine that as we had to go through that process. You know, before we even started writing the book, me and Alexis will always come together and talk about the relationships that we've seen growing up around us that we might have been in as romantic relationships that we might have seen throughout our siblings, our parental figures. Some of these relationships and examples that we had to grow up with uh, established this culture and this idea of normal that wasn't exactly healthy. And we normalized that, we internalized it and expressed it. So we went through that process as young children and teenagers, but we want to challenge other people before they get too deep into that normal and just accept it and refuse anything outside of that. We want to challenge all people to really go through the process of evaluating, okay, is the culture and the idea that set before me that was almost forced on me as a child, are these ideas healthy for me moving forward and for the next generation and be self-reflective and intentional on that so that your children and your children's children can pass down more than just uh, generational wealth, but generational mental health practices and generational uh, character that is is healthy and sustainable for themselves, their community, and those around them. I've I've gone to a lot of counseling over the years as well from some trauma and some some challenges that I went through growing up, and and a phrase that that I've heard a lot is called traditions of the fathers. Right? It's a scriptural phrase. And uh, basically, we all hit this, the point where we have to look at our lives. We have to look at these traditions of the fathers, and we have to decide what we want to move forward with in our lives, right? And and maybe your family rolled up the, the toothpaste roll, and your family squeezed the toothpaste roll from the middle, right? And those kind of dumb, different ways that we had these traditions growing up, um, become part of who we are. And, and there comes a point where we create a new family where we have to we have to look at the traditions of our fathers and we have to decide which traditions do we want to move forward with in our lives. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the types of traditions we're talking about are a lot more serious than how we roll up or squeeze a toothpaste roll. <laughs> um, but it's it's a beautiful opportunity for us to create our family and to create our traditions and and decide what we want going forward, regardless of the, regardless of the traditions that affect us and and impact us. What family and what life do we want to create? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that idea. I mean, I think that's just very much important. And I mean, so so much of life we just go through without even thinking about it. So much of it is just habit. We just mm-hmm. accept the customs and practices and ideas of our family and society without even ever questioning it, without ever questioning, you know, other people's perspective and other people's living situation and seeing, you know, are we raising children that is just not to be to, to just be selfish or 
the reason people to be a part of a, a local community, global community, and contribute to those around them. And I think that's something we were both intentional about. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, congratulations. So many people go through these challenges. And, and if you look at the percentage of foster kids that even graduate through college, from college, mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculously low. Mm-hmm. And and you are rising above the odds and you've chosen to take your challenge and turn it into your venture, turn it into your superpower here. If you had to break down your, your new, your redefining normal, your new methodology that you're teaching people into, into a, a series of steps, um, do you have a series of, of steps or, or a process that you would take people through? I mean, she's, I've learned so much from this, this from her and everything she's been able to teach me just about self-reflection and everything that we've gone through together i mean the three steps that we always talk about is myself because you can't pour from an empty cup so you have to continue to fill yourself with that wisdom knowledge and understanding so starting with myself and then going from there to my community as it relates to relationship within the community healthy relationship group economics and uh, trying to build healthy communication between uh, your partner your children and those around you your neighbors and then lastly uh, once you have those two components down, really focusing in on the impact of things and how uh, your family and you as an individual can create an impact within your local community and the environment itself. I love those three steps. Alexis, can you take us through an example of the of each of those three steps, maybe that you've seen that you guys have done or you've seen someone else do really well? Yeah, so like say for the my the, focusing on myself, that really is a lot of personal reflection. It could be through journaling. It could be through um, just personal reflection time of trying to look at what are the roots potentially of the different issues or problems that you've gone through. And that could be also taking different assessments. Like one that we always talk about is the ACEs assessment to try to understand what potentially is the trauma that you've gone through and uh, what does that mean? What could that mean going forward in your future? And so trying to have as much knowledge and information as possible then for uh, the mind community aspect, that, as Justin mentioned, is like really around that relationship. So it could be in an intimate relationship, it could be within your community. And so trying to understand even the basis of what is healthy versus unhealthy, what does that mean? And for myself, one of the most impactful things that I've personally done around that, I went to a panel when I was about 15 or 16 years old, and there was a bunch of different couples there from uh, dating all the way up to married for like 20 years. And it was just really incredible to see these couples, the way they interacted, they talked, they talked about each other. And at that time I was in an abusive relationship. And so that really showed me even a little bit of insight into what does a healthy relationship even look like? Because I've never been exposed to one or what, what that could mean. And then for the, my impact in my legacy that, I mean, that's what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing with our company, with Uh, we have, so we have several companies and within each of those, we have interns. And our point is is that from the beginning, really since October, we have been trying to share the knowledge and information that we've learned to other people, because that's ultimately what our legacy I hope to be is, is that we are full of, you know, experiences and knowledge. And we want to share that with other people to help them to heal from what they've gone through or to just share what it is that we've learned uh, to, to save other people from going through similar circumstances. And so it's figuring out what, what skills and abilities do you have and how can you pass that on to other people and be a resource? What's the greatest home run you guys have hit so far in your business career? 
I would say definitely our book. We, yeah. <laughs> we published, so we started our book in March of last year, finished it in June, and then published it in November. And since November, we have sold over 5,500 copies and have won four book awards. And so I would say since then, like that is really, thank you. That has been our um, biggest accomplishment. And because of that, we're able to sort of continue all the conversations and all the things that we truly care about and that have meant, that have meant a lot to us, that have gotten us to where we are today. And especially with um, young people who have experienced trauma or are still going through it, or even advocates of those who are working with youth who have gone through trauma. So we have done probably 50 presentations, at least since then, we're uh, keynotes at at least six conferences this year, one of which with Josh Ship, which is one of the, uh, one of my sort of role models that I look up to, he's really amazing. And we actually quote him in the book. So that was really, that was really awesome and a great accomplishment, I see for the both of us. Yeah, definitely. So how has that book helped you? Did it give you more credibility? What doors has it opened for you? I mean, I think so many people really go through the process of writing a book, but what is it, less than 10% of people actually publish their book? No, it's like two or 3% of the world actually published a book. Yeah, so, so it's like so, less than 10%, which so, is crazy. Yeah, I think that's just crazy. And really getting it out has been the, the main thing mm -hmm. that has really helped us. But not only just writing the book and getting it out, being self-published authors, I mean, it was really set up for us to fail. So we wanted to just do everything we can to make sure we were successful and not just publishing a book that we can just have on our shelves and just look at like, oh, cool, we wrote a book. We got a book published. That sounds nice. But no, putting ourselves in a position that we could be successful and get the book out to as many people as possible. So that really turns this book into not only just a book and us being authors, but us really have to be business people with the marketing, PR, writing press release and getting the word out there to as many people as possible. So we have to put take our author hat off and put our business hat on and really go to that process of marketing and promoting and creating engaging social media things. Uh, email list and so many other things that really engage people and get the information to them because we can't feel like we have the best information in the world to offer people but if we don't have to uh, go through the proper process of packaging it and getting it in their hands then it's just worthless you know mm -hmm. so I think that was the the real important thing that we had to learn to understand is just the business aspect of things mm -hmm. and I think yes having a book does give you a lot of credibility and that's why I see so many successful people writing a book and if they don't want to write a book, a lot of times they're asked to write a book by a publisher, by an individual, whatever it may be. And so I see that for the both of us is giving us that credibility because the second that we announced that we were publishing a book or that we were doing speaking engagements in like September, October, we started just being like, just so many people started coming at us and saying, hey, can you speak at our group? Or hey, can we buy your book? And just how many people reached out to us? It was, it was almost, it was a good thing, but it was almost overwhelming at first because it was just the two of us and trying to figure out what that looked like and that's when we decided to bring on you know other people to help build up the initiative yeah exactly so there's more than i believe like five hundred thousand kids in foster care right now is that correct uh it's around uh i think it's around 435 but yeah it's, it's around there any given day it's around it's around that um that are in foster care right any given day. Yeah. yeah. And it's, that's an incredibly high number. So 430,000 kids in the foster care system today. So if, if people are listening to this and they want to help make a difference for foster kids and they want to help those foster kids get a mentor like you and, 
and kind of learn from people like you that have been able to come out of it and turn a bad situation into, into something pretty cool. Um, how could they help other foster kids get access to what you're doing? Like, could they buy your book and go donate it to foster care organizations locally? Could they, how could they get foster kids hooked up to you? Oh, that's a great question. And what we've been able to do really, like across the country now, we started in Michigan uh, because that's where we are, but now we're across the country and uh, organizations have reached out to us. They have purchased our book for um, foster youth themselves, for uh, foster parents, for adoptive parents, for social workers themselves, putting it into foster parent curriculum to make sure that they understand the youth's perspective. And then also getting it into social work curriculum mm -hmm. to make sure that social workers understand the youth perspective. And so we have had a lot of people reach out to us and say, how do we get our, how do we get your book at, to get it into the hands of youth? And so that would really be through our website at re-definingnormal.com. And we do offer bulk rates so that we encourage people to buy bulk rates. So we're able to provide uh, our books to full conferences. There was actually a conference uh, and columns you called redefining normal, uh, where locally where we are, and so this is a way for us to get the message out there even further. And we have a, a button on our website as well to book us, uh, so that we can come and uh, do different workshops mm -hmm. for most youth uh, serving organizations or with the youth themselves. We have we typically do a series of three to four presentations uh, per uh, per group, and that goes through a lot of things like self-care, how to develop healthy, and how to develop and maintain healthy relationships, and also just processing the information in our book, which can be a bit difficult sometimes, but that's why we're there to help mm -hmm. create those safe spaces to where we can work through it. And the amount of engagement that we received in every single one of these workshops has been absolutely amazing, which shows me that these youth need this and they want this. Um, it's just getting that resource to them. Yeah. And to add to that real quick, I mean, I always just say it's so many people out there, so many students or young people who are in the foster care system have experienced the foster care system that we probably don't even know about that, you know, are in school, they're in university, they're in middle school, high school, wherever. So we would definitely ask people to maybe grab a book and then hand it to a teacher, hand it to a professor, someone, like she said, in a certain department, if you can, because so many professors, so many teachers are interacting with students who've experienced trauma but don't even know because they just don't have the opportunity to talk about it. So uh, we would definitely recommend that if you are in ac academia, um, really just pass along our book to someone who can really make a great impact. So on Sunday, I published a blog episode about how entrepreneurship can help solve hunger and how we, as we can help um, turn people in, into entrepreneurs, we can help them provide much better for their families. Poverty is the greatest cause of hunger around the world. And I think we have a similar situation here with, with foster kids. Um, I don't think our listeners, I don't think most of us can understand what it's like to go to college and not have any safety net, not have any support network. You don't have a family that's helping put you through college and you don't have a family to go back to on the weekends. And, and um, you're, you're doing it all your own and you're trying to create this life and this future without that support network. And, and I think entrepreneurship is, is an awesome tool there because as, as we can step in as entrepreneurs and maybe we can mentor a foster kid. Maybe we can help them 
uh, help provide a support network for them and help them create a venture and create a future and create that safety net um, where they may not have a mom and a dad that are helping them do that. I think that's a, a powerful thing that entrepreneurs could do um, is to step in and get involved and help teach entrepreneurships, uh, teach entrepreneurship skills to, to foster kids. And there's a lot of ways to do that. You can reach out to the, to the local CASA organization in your area. There's a, there's a group called Court Appointed Special Advocates, and I, I've done that a bunch, and I love that, that group. And, and you can get involved with mentoring these foster kids. And maybe you can get involved teaching them entrepreneurial skills and get involved buying this book and giving them the book and, and uh, showing them a great example of a, of a couple that were part of the foster care system and have used entrepreneur, you have used entrepreneurship to build their future. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually, I love that you said that. And I think the perfect example of that is actually our pastor, who's also our mentor. And she has started so many companies. And I just always looked up to her as just being this absolutely incredible woman who has so many great innovative ideas and just wants to serve. And I can honestly say that between the two of us, we wouldn't be entrepreneurs or be authors today without her planting that seed throughout the years. We've known her for about five years now and her constantly saying, Alexis, you're going to be a business owner in one day. Alexis, where's that book at? And just constantly planting that seed, but also being that mentor, that accountability partner. And because she has published books, she has started companies. She has literally walk me through those steps of what does that mean and what does that look like? Because it was so overwhelming in the beginning, trying to juggle survival, school, trying to succeed and then start a company. I'm like, you want me to add that on top of it? (laughs) But she really uh, made the, made the transition a lot more, uh, I guess, bite-sized for me that I could, I could actually deal with it and, and maintain it going forward. And she gave me the encouragement as well. Okay, entrepreneurs who are listening to or watching or reading this episode today, this is your challenge. If this episode has resonated with you and you are touched in your heart to make a difference for those 400,000 foster kids who are in our foster care system today, do something about it. Contact your local CASA organization, that's the Court Appointed Special Advocates, and get involved. Find a foster kid that you can mentor, that you can help become an entrepreneur or help in whatever other journey uh, God has for them. These are not somebody else's kids. These are not the government's kids. These are our kids. And they don't have a support network and we can step in and we can't solve it for 400,000 kids. We can solve it for one kid. We can be a mentor for one and we can do it. So call today, get involved, call your local cost office, buy a book, buy a bunch of books, give them to foster (laughs) kids in your area and let's figure out how we can use entrepreneurship to help change the trajectory of these kids The outcomes of these kids who age out of foster care is horrific. The percentage of kids that age out of foster care that graduate from college is about 3%. That's not fair. That's not right. And we can make a difference by getting in and and helping them get going on the right path and giving them some mentorship as they transition to to a career. Any Mm -hmm. thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
actually one one quote I would say that really motivates me to continue mentoring even when I'm like I don't have time or what do I have to give in the moment I don't feel like I have anything to give um and one quote that really sticks out to me is actually by Josh Shipp that's why I'm so honored that we're speaking at his conference is or a conference that he's speaking at is every child is one caring adult away from being being a success story and so every child think about it is one adult away so you can make a difference. It's the knowledge, it's the skills that you have already inside of you. It's how can you serve that to to somebody else and, and help them get through whatever they're going through, show them any skills that you have and how can they apply that to their own life. And that is, that is one quote that I've always loved. And we actually put that in our book as well because uh, I hope other people can, can resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Alexis and Justin, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, we often grow up with things or traditions that have become normal and accepted as normal, but are very negative. We have to redefine our normal to become better. Number two, we can begin to redefine our normal by starting with ourselves. We should reflect and find ways to gain wisdom and knowledge. Number three, once we are in a healthy place, we can begin to build healthy relationships with those around us. We can find mentors and good examples to help us. Number four, once we have focused on ourselves and our relationships, we can begin to focus on how we will make an impact in our communities. Number five, as entrepreneurs, we have the incredible opportunity to make an impact in the lives of those around us. This can start with mentoring one kid and helping them gain a better life. To learn more about or connect with Alexis and Justin, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, You can visit their website at re-definingnormal.com where you can buy their book, Redefining Normal, on Amazon. And there's links to each of these sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get my free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. I would also be very grateful if you commented on, liked, and shared this episode. Thanks for joining me today. I wish you success in overcoming your challenges and being a force for good in your community. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.